Hello and welcome to the 22nd, the U222 episode of the At U2 podcast, talking all things U2, new album news, tour dates, community discussions, etc. from the staff of at U2.com. We are live streaming as always, goodstuff.fm slash live is where you can tune in on a different time, different day, but same place, another time. No, anyways, uh, we have with us this episode, Mr. Matt McGee, welcome back to the show. Hi, Chris, how are you? I am well, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, thank you. And Sherry, you're out there too. I believe in Father Christmas, Chris. That's good. You will not get a lump of coal this Christmas. Uh, Mr. Aaron Governor, are you out there? I'm indeed. Good afternoon or good evening, depending where you are, to my learned colleagues. Whoa. That is the most distinguished introduction I've had <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> really? Right? It, it, may, it may not actually be true, but it's certainly... <laughs> You called, an introduction. you called us learned, so I'm going to run with that, I think. <laughs> the, uh, just the, the little bit of at YouTube podcast, hashtag at YouTube podcast follow-up. I think this week, unless I missed a tweet, I apologize if I did. I saw Sherry's just before we started recording, so that'll be in the show notes. You can see Sherry's fancy uh, uh, Vertigo Tour toque. Do you call them a toque or is it a – what do you Santa call Santa hat. Santa hat. There you go. Uh, in the show notes, which you can find at goodstuff.fm slash at U2 slash 22. So you can uh, post a picture yourself, hashtag at U2 podcast, listening to the show somewhere in the world, and we'll uh, tell everybody on the podcast about it, I guess, is basically what will happen. So uh, without further ado, we're gonna, this is our, our year-end episode. 2015 is coming to a close soon-ish, and so we'll be taking a couple weeks break with the podcast as well. But uh, we wanted to make sure we got one more episode in here, and uh, we'll be on the roundtable, discussing some of our highlights of 2015 as it relates to U2, obviously. And uh, But before we do that, let's get into the inbox. We've got some questions from folks. You can send these in as usual, and you can send them in over the Holly, Hollywood break. Hallow- <laughs> Which break are we doing now? I'm so messed up. <laughs> Holiday break. Best of, us for the, best of us for the rest of us, Chris. Yeah, that one. Whichever break you decide to call it, I guess, is what I'm saying. Uh, we've got some questions from... First one up was... Um, at Dunk Aldridge asked, Dunk underscore Aldridge, sorry, asked, what were the top five moments of the tour? For me, hard to go past uh, Eagles of Death Metal, you 2 singing, people have the power as number one. So maybe we're going to cover some of this in our roundtable, but any like other highlight tour highlights for folks that jump out at them? I know there's an article in the works at atu2.com about some of the highlights of the European tour and things like that, but anything come to mind for you folks? Uh, uh. Aaron. Well, so, yeah. <laughs> We're a little bit into the eggnog already. And <laughs> Indeed. I, th- I think there's a couple of things that, um, for sure, I mean, the one thing that happened in Europe, which I thought was rather splendid, was the YouTube bus experience. I can't quite remember if that appeared in London first. Yes. I think it did, didn't it? It did appear in London. That was great. I, that's, um, I think that's a hint of what the next album may incorporate in terms of Remember when uh, Songs of Innocence came out, Bono was very keen to explain about getting the listener to bond back to album covers and the notes to the album. And I think that's probably what he may be referring to about the technology at the time in uh, 2014. That probably will start appearing 2016 because I think the virtual reality embursement of going into the album, that's going to uh, make a, uh, an impact. And I thought that was a great experience um, for, the, for the people who went to London. I know that went on to Paris and I think it was in Dublin as well, although I didn't see it in Dublin. So that was great. Um, similar to Eagles of Death Metal and doing um, People of the Power, I thought uh, Patti Smith in London 
when she came on stage. That was a fantastic moment for you two and a fantastic moment for for the audience. Um, I think that was the, probably obviously the first time they had that uh, happen. So that was that was another great moment, I thought. And Patty also joined the stage um, at the end of Paris Three. Um, ah, to reprise yes, the, of course. Yes, the singing. Right. So, so, so that was fun. Yeah. Um, the uh, experience bus did make its way to Dublin for shows three and four, so you had just missed it. That explains why I didn't see it. Yes. Yep. So uh, now I think for me, um, and this is going to sound pretty generic, but the fact that the tour even happened in the first place, <laughs> to be perfectly honest, because you know we entered. Um, 2015 with with um, Bono recovering um, all of a sudden all these concert tickets went on sale very much at the at the last minute it felt and it just felt very rushed and then to have you know everything happen with um, Larry's father passing away then you had Dennis Sheehan passing and it and it just felt like this this was the little tour that could so, you know, for for me, the tour itself is a highlight. Yeah, that's mm. a good answer, too. That is a good answer. You know, I'm going to call an audible and we're going to we're going to pause here because I don't want to spoil the rest of our <laughs> highlights of 2015. So, Dunk Aldridge will come back to your question as a matter of sorts in the roundtable. Okay, going on. Uh, Rohad 67, maybe? I'm going to have to say that one again, so we'll try it another time. This week, for all panel members, what's your favorite Hollywood-themed U2 song, <laughs> which I know is a popular poll on on uh, at u2.com that's coming up shortly-ish. And fave U2 <laughs> Xmas gift, holiday gift received ever. Um, we've, like, I think last episode we talked about this. The um, Matt, what's the... I'm drawing a blank. The cover of... I, Cherry just referenced it. I Believe in Father Christmas. Is that the title? Right, yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's yes, my favorite. I Believe in Father Christmas. Yeah, that, we, we, we just actually had this conversation in the car last night as a family, too, because Christmas Baby, Please Come Home came on Sirius, one of the Sirius XM uh, holiday channels. And um, I, yeah, and so, so the Father Christmas song is my favorite just because it's, for me, it's one that I don't hear as frequently as, you know, Christmas Baby, Please Come Home. We've heard for, what, 25, 20, 30, Ooh, 20, something? Yeah, almost 30 years because yeah, it came out in 87. Yeah, 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 yeah so almost 30 period. years. Yeah. And so so Father Christmas is only, you know, what, five, six years old or so. And so it, you know, just doesn't, it's not as familiar. And so that's why it's my favorite one. And a favorite U2 Christmas gift received, I don't, I can't think of... I'm terrible with gifts. I just I'm terrible with gifts. I rumor has it I might be getting a Joshua Tree lunchbox this Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Which when you're 47 and you work at home is very helpful, but you know, <laughs> I'll find a nice spot on the shelf here in the office nice. point, so we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Sherry, how about you? Any, uh, well, of the two songs, which is your favorite, I guess? And then, which? <laughs> well, well, technically, there's more than two because they have performed live um, um, Wars Over. So I kind right. of like, like that version. Um, but, you know, thinking about uh, holiday gifts, um, I just received in the mail the other day from um, a fellow at U2 staffer uh, the books um, Songs of Innocence and Songs of Experience. So that was pretty fun. But I had friends a couple towns over many, many moons ago make sequined lemons as a um, 
as a Christmas tree ornament. And um, they're poor thumbs from, from, from having to put in all those stick pins into each sequin on the foam lemon. But the reason why it's one of my favorites is because they were also able to get one of them to Bono in a Boston area um, hotel. And he happened to mention that that was one of his favorite um, Christmas ornaments on his Christmas tree when he was doing a radio interview um, um, a decade and a half ago or so. So to note that I have something that was made by the same person in the, in the same batch that's also on Bono's Christmas tree is very special to me. <laughs> nice. How about you, Aaron? Any U2 gifts that well, you received? Well, um, in terms of a U2 song, I, I share with Sherry. I'm not greatly fond of the, the recorded versions that we have, the Christmas Baby Please Come Home and um, I Believe in Father Christmas. Who did those respectively? I think Greg Lake is the second one. I, I guess it's a um, Darlene Love, is it, the first one? Yep. It's from the... Yeah, I don't know. I remember that. Um, but the, my favourite actually is certainly "Happy Christmas War Is Over," and I particularly remember being in Ireland um, for the what's a, pro, a famous program in Ireland called the Late Late Show, and um, I, I do have this on video. I can't remember when it, when it was around about 1987 or 1988. It might have been around the Rattle and Hum period, and the band play it acoustically within the studio. And I, I have to say that's a, a strong. Christmas song memory, and every now and again I do pull out that video or whatever it's on there. It must be on DVD. Um, that's, that's that's one I'm quite fond of. Regarding a present, I, I really don't have one. However, I have a suggestion of one that I really would desire, and that's a Acton Baby onesie. I think there's a big marker for an Acton Baby onesie. You could just imagine it, can't you? All the material on your back with all the album cover, all the little pictures. Oh, I have to say, I'm not quite sure where I'd want the picture of a, a naked Adam. You'd have to be careful with that one. But, uh, <laughs> the, it would be really rather... <laughs> well, I'm, not, I'm not sure. <laughs> it, it, it depends who you... <laughs> it depends where you're looking. But I think that would be... I think that would make a great Christmas present. I think that was something I would have really wanted to have bought at the merchandising store <laughs> on the tour there. I don't know they missed, why they missed out on that. You two hasn't hired us for merchandising advice yet, but uh, we'll send that one in as well, Aaron. And, uh, and well, see. ironically <laughs> enough, in our cafe press store, you can get an Octung Me baby onesie. Baby onesie. I, I don't want to see Aaron yeah. wearing uh, baby onesie. Uh, I, I, there's, no, there's not very much of me who fits in one of those. I can assure you. <laughs> yeah. It's a jive uh, moment. Okay, so moving, moving on. on. <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Even I want to move on. Um, Rohad67 also asked, does the team have any good elf-on-the-shelf placement suggestions? Which uh, Inside of a 40-foot lemon. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I think that's probably the best possible U2-related answer anyways. Uh, we've avoided the elf-on-the-shelf phenomenon in our house. I don't know. How about you, Matt? Yeah, yeah, we yeah. Let's not even go there. We don't do that. Kind of Maybe a no, mono on the shelf or something. <laughs> uh, and I really don't understand what elf on the shelf is. That's completely bypassed me. Um, okay, next up is uh, U2 Conga asking which U2 member would be BB8? Would Edge be Yoda? Could Larry be Boba Fett? We need to have a U2 slash Star Wars tie in next week, which we do, of course. We're not going to talk about the movies because Chris isn't seeing the movies yet. And <laughs> Chris will shut this podcast down if anybody spoils it. But uh, <laughs> the, the uh, of course, the Star Wars movie starts tomorrow. I would, what do you, I guess, first of all, do you think of U2 
who is going to, do you think the band is actually into that enough to go see it? Like at some Dublin premiere or something like that, if it's happening or would they, you know, presumably maybe with kids, they, their kids, they would. Totally edge is right. Yeah. It gotta be right. Totally. Yeah. The force is the other, strong I, with him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if, I don't know about the others. <laughs> Could Adam go see it in his bathrobe? <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, sure he could pay enough to have a private viewing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It, as long as it, as long as the lightsaber stays behind closed doors, you're you're in good shape. <laughs> I mean, anyway, <laughs> I don't know which he met. You two Conga mentioned a few fo- ideas. Edge definitely could be Yoda. I don't know who Bono would be. He'd probably um, I'm trying Han Solo. To, yeah, maybe the the rap yeah. stallion. Yeah. yeah, that's a good a good good call. <laughs> Larry I, be, I have uh, Adam Clayton as possibly Adam Clayton possibly as Princess Leia. I think he would do that one right. quite well. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking of the the Actung era or Zuropa, whatever era of the uh, uh, where they're dressing up as women, and you know which one would look most mm-hmm. like Leia with the ear buns on or whatever. Well, certainly Adam's had worse haircuts than that, hasn't he? I mean, yeah. God, you know, he, he's not he's not going to be bothered about that that uh, style of Princess Leia. No, no problem. Yeah. And so is so is is Larry Darth Vader then? <laughs> That's a good oh, call. No. <laughs> definitely. Do I have to answer that again? I think he... <laughs> definitely the... Uh, or the Emperor, I guess. One of the two. <laughs> no, Palpatine. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that was Paul McGinnis. I don't, we could. Anyways, moving on before we get too too far down that rabbit hole. Um, U2 Conga has a second follow-up question. Not Sorry, not even a follow-up. <laughs> Why does... What does Edge wear the number seven and number four on his shirts? I know, Sherry, you had a... Yeah, that's that's the um, that's to signify the 1974 year, um, uh, as as that is when the Dublin car bombings happened. Um, you'll you'll notice throughout the tour that he has several different shirts with the seven and with the four on it, and uh, we actually touched upon that in um, a. OTR column back in May, and I think we'll have the link to that in the show notes. But that's to signify the year 1974. Nice. He he did have a similar um, t-shirt number in, in on the uh, Elevation tour, if I remember right, as well, didn't he? Certainly he wore seven. Yeah, yeah, he wore seven a lot. He wore, I think, twenty-two. Yeah, we had a, some type of YouTube bingo competition. If you were queuing up at the front in the in the heart, you're like, what number is you going to come out with tonight? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as Sherry mentioned in the show notes, we'll have that as well as the I've, I've got the the link to the uh, Happy Christmas War is Over uh, late late show. I think what you said it was from. I didn't watch it now, but just so that video is there, you can watch goodstuff.fm slash at you two slash twenty two is where you'll find that. Uh, right. Next question was from Ryan McLeaf seven. <laughs> we'll just go with that. Can we expect the tour to go into twenty sixteen? Matt, is that your yes. name? Besides, well, <laughs> yes, we can. Well, we can expect a tour of some sort in 2016. I'm not sure that it will be the Innocence and Experience tour, but I believe there will be some sort of U2 tour in 2016. Late in the year is what everybody keeps talking about. So when you have, yeah, I, because you run this site, Matt, you you presumably have lots of insider information. Already have tickets for, this. yeah. Yeah, I have I have the whole tour itinerary here right in front of me. I have what time Adam puts his bathrobe on, where he sources them, the whole nine yards. Yeah, I've got the whole thing. So, right. So yeah, yeah, I just can't say anything about it. So we'll have to edit this part out. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Nobody will hear this part, but right. Nobody's listening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. 
Um, uh, at Fabatini asks, can we expect Bono to take part in the charity busking in the Dublin streets this year? Which songs do you think he could sing? Sherry, how about you? I don't see why he wouldn't be there. Um, as far as what songs, um, I would go with probably some traditional Christmas Eve kinds of kinds of tunes. Um, typically, he'll uh, meet up with the fellow buskers a few hours before, do a little uh, preview, and then we'll just magically appear. Poof, there he is. And yeah, and if you want to, like, if you want to stalk things before, then you know you could start following Glenn Hansard on Twitter right now because if I remember right, he yeah. usually posts a. Uh, uh, a video or some little hints about it, you know, a few days in advance. Yeah, I'm a. I'm sure there's plenty of crossover of uh, Glenn Hansard fans and YouTube fans, and I'm a big Glenn Hansard swell season et cetera fan. And yeah, he usually tweets and Instagrams or whatever stuff. That's uh, I'm just trying to find Twitter. Yeah, Glenn underscore Hansard is his Twitter account. Will be in the show notes as well. So um, that's uh, yeah. It's always a fun. I those are the moments I definitely wish I could just you know pop over to Dublin because it'd be fun just to go down and see that casual kind of thing that definitely doesn't happen where I live, even with musicians here, never mind Bono or Glenn Hansard are going to be showing up. But <laughs> Well, and it's also nice that it, that it supports Simon community in order to help with the um, homeless folks. Homeless. Yeah, yeah. Homeless. Homeless. yeah, like they're actually doing busking for like fundraising or whatever, which is right. kind of neat. It's not just for you know, self-promotion, whatever, getting their name trending on Twitter or something, which I'm sure Bono is really worried about. Well, uh- and it's such a great street as well to have uh, to do the busking on because I mean it, traditionally it's it's a pedestrianised street in Dublin. It's the, probably the most famous shopping street there, and it's and it goes downhill, so you can actually look up. No matter where you are, you can see you can you can always find somebody. So watching the watching them uh, play is, I believe, very good. I've never been to it on Christmas Eve. I've never seen Bono. Um, on Grafton Street. My mother has, actually. She did see him a few years back doing the busking. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, mean, I believe it's it's very, very, uh, very, very good and a very good cause. Mm-hmm. All right, last question is from at A-L-S-Y-O-N, Alan Ivory. What does at uh, U2 want for Christmas apart from a new U2 album and tour? Matt, maybe you can, uh, what's on your at U2 Christmas wish list? On our at you two Christmas list, wow. Well, I mean, boy, we had a great gift in July, so I'm sure that will come up a little later in the podcast, so I won't mention that. I'd feel guilty about asking for anything else. But on a personal slash at you two level, the the gift I would like is just more time so that we could actually work on the website because it needs work and it like it it needs a desperately needs a new look and everything and the design and the whole nine yards. So anyway, I just wish I had more time is what I wish I had. Sherry, any uh, other thoughts for at you too? Yeah, I was going to definitely go with the redesign. Um, but I think that what, what would be nice is for us to be able to um, maybe look at getting some more writers onto the site. Well, there you go. Which, uh, yeah, I, I'm uh, excited at what 2016 will bring for the, the website just in general. The redesign and stuff is awesome, but uh, the content that's on there is great, obviously, and, and fun to read and interesting and great to have and dive into. And especially during those times, the slow times of, of U2 News, as we might be headed into right now but uh also uh i i really hope for 2016 the podcast gets some intro music that's my wish 
Uh, it's also my own self-fulfilling wish or whatever. <laughs> we 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 have we have we have eighteen dollars to buy that clip from SoundCloud or whatever that site is. Right. Sound We've whatever. Pulled, Matt and I went uh, busking one day down on Grafton Street. <laughs> <laughs> yes, pulled our money. <laughs> All we right. should, you know what we should do? Seriously, we should we should get those clips and we should like let our podcast listeners vote on which one they want or which ones they want. We can we can get a couple different ones. Yeah, I think that's that's a good idea, and we can uh, we can throw them up on at youtube dot com in a poll or something of some sorts once the Christmas poll is over. <laughs> right there, you go. Important <laughs> important data we need to solicit yeah. from the yeah list seven day, eight days from now. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> All right. So moving on to the at YouTube roundtable, we are going to just what I thought we'd do is uh, along the lines of uh, who was questioned, Dunk Aldridge's question of just coming up with our highlights of U2's 2015 that we could discuss and uh, try and do it a little bit sort of fantasy draft style where someone else picks yours. You can't say that and repeat it and just say that was mine and move on. We got to you got to come up with your own. Is it like sports draft, fantasy draft, is that a common thing, right, Matt? That's your football. Yeah. Guy, right? well, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I get it. Yep. I, I understand. Yeah. And football, I know, or soccer, um, Aaron, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. You've done a yes, few fantasy done. drafts in the years. Yeah, so oh, yes. I do hockey drafts. Well, I'll do our token <laughs> sport of our country <laughs> draft. Um, but uh, you know what? We'll, we'll defer to Sherry to get pick number one and round number one of what she thinks is the highlight of 2015 as it relates to you two. It absolutely needs to be, in my life, them dropping in on our party. Um in- no way! I can't believe you would have said that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shocked it came up. Actually, <laughs> that that is not only a highlight of 2015; it's a highlight from my life. So um, that that ranks right up there, next to the birth of my children, the marriage to my husband, <clears throat> and pretty much that's about it. <laughs> In no particular order, I guess, as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, had it had it not been for that band, I would not have found my husband, and I wouldn't have the family that I have. So, technically, well, you two should be above all of that other stuff because without them, I wouldn't have everything else. Wow. <laughs> well, there you go. All right, Aaron. How about you? What's your top pick? Um, well, for me, I think it has to be having the opportunity to go backstage on London 2 and um, having the opportunity to meet The Edge and spend a good 30 minutes with The Edge. That was great. So that was my personal uh, favourite. Uh, certainly can't imagine that's going to be repeated again, but uh, <laughs> that was that was rather splendid. I guess also as well, because if those of people who have heard a previous podcast, within probably five minutes of meeting The Edge, I managed to inadvertently hit Noel Gallagher in the head whilst taking off my coat. So that was another highlight in the sense of it being um, something that shouldn't have happened, but uh, that, that was that was quite funny with hindsight. Yeah, that's uh, episode number 17 of the podcast. You can hear Aaron talking about that. It's appropriately titled, and then I whacked Noel Gallagher. <laughs> so yeah, sort of goes without saying. Yeah. But yeah, not many people get that opportunity to, to hit Noel Gallagher. No, no, really. no. I, I think a lot of people would quite enjoy the opportunity <laughs> to do so. But, uh, but uh, yeah, that... Yeah, no, that was good. <laughs> All right, I'll I'll go next, uh, and then Matt, you get to finish off round one here. Um, but uh, I was one of my highlights, and it's I guess goes a little bit beyond 2015. Maybe it's just that of YouTube's embrace of of social media and sharing, and obviously probably as a result of new management and all that kind of stuff. But um, and even them going on a podcast, which is you know obviously a personal interest of mine, and. Uh, 
And so just the the fact that they are being a little more open, sharing backstage photos, even going on Snapchat and stuff like that, which we all figured out last episode how to use, right, everybody? We still know how to use it. No? Not yes. tried it, I'm afraid. <laughs> yes. yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sending the picture of you with um, antlers coming out of your head saying that you have a headache. Yeah. <laughs> That's the. Oh, uh, I, I, I actually thought that was just your normal look. I didn't realize that. Thanks. Thank you for updating me. <laughs> Not all Canadians wear antlers on their heads all the time, just <laughs> certain times of the year. Uh, okay. <laughs> Matt, how about you? What's your uh, top highlight? You guys have taken. You, you so, I, so I can't repeat. If, right. Like, you guys have now taken two of mine. So. Yeah. So. Oh, man. We'll mix up the order next time. Each round, we'll mix up the order a bit. Okay, so for me, so you didn't give us really any instruction on it. Should this be personal highlights or YouTube or band-related highlights? So I'll stick with the personal first. And I will say that the highlight or a highlight for me that hasn't been mentioned is every time we were able to get the At You 2 crew together because that, for me, is equally as fun and occasionally more fun than the actual shows themselves, <laughs> depending upon you know which tour and how tight the band is and all that sort of stuff. But So Vancouver was fantastic because we had the big party in Vancouver and we had a bunch of our crew there. And New York was fantastic for obvious reasons. And Dublin was fantastic for, uh, for having a bunch of the crew there and all that sort of stuff. And then even just going to other shows and you know, seeing one or two of the gang at different shows. And so uh, that to me, you know, I, just, I just love when we get the you know, when we get our, when we get our gang together. So, and Chris, you need to come join us at one of these things soon. This is really frustrating. Well, as I was going to say, you guys didn't uh, show up at the Moose Jaw arrangement <laughs> hangout that I just thought keep, we were all meeting at. You keep using this Northern Canada crap as just an excuse and I'm just getting really tired of it. <laughs> Let's go with the Mexican uh, meetup for the next couple of weeks here. We'll see how many people show up. <laughs> all right. Uh, moving on to round two. Uh, let's go with, uh, let's go with myself because I'm, I'm the host, so I can do that. And that way somebody can't steal my idea. But uh, Sherry, and it sort of said this, and that's why we cut this off. I cut this off earlier. Is my second highlight is for round two is Bono's uh, recovery from his bike accident. And, and obviously that it wasn't more serious than it was. But I think when we all heard that, you know, Bono fell off a bike, <laughs> we weren't thinking canceling the tour and, you know, or d- delaying the tour or anything like that. It was just kind of like, well, that's a, what happens sometimes when you ride a bike, I guess. But then finding out that afterwards that it was, uh, you know, more serious than we thought. And then, uh, and that's, uh, he's, you know, hopefully going to be able to play guitar again someday, maybe, but, uh, definitely that he recovered enough to be able to get back on the tour horse as it were, uh, is my first pick for round two. So, well, well, and the crazy thing about the timing of that accident was, you know, thinking about the week long residency that they were having on the tonight show, they were planning on launching the tour during that week-long residency. So for that to happen, it put the kibosh on everything. And, um, and the whole crew had to work um, double time to, to reschedule things, to get everything back on, uh, on track, all without knowing, you know, is this actually going to happen? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So the whole, I mean, yeah, just everything that sort of followed out of that um, is pretty incredible when you think about it. just like you said earlier, Sherry, of, you know, and never mind that, but just also the people who have passed away and stuff and, and things they've dealt with emotionally on the tour. But yeah, so um, let's go with, uh, who's got a, uh, let's go Sherry next. Uh, I'd have to say that it was Vancouver 2 um, 
and the performance of Bad, which we have a multi-camera um, version of up on YouTube if you haven't already seen it, and, and hopefully it'll be listed in the show notes. We weren't expecting Bad to be a part of the um, of the tour, um, it and it took a very specific um, uh, turn within the set list. And it became a very purposeful song for this um, particular production. And so for the tour debut of, of the song, to see what Willie did with the lighting and to know the message behind it and and the spin that Bono was using with it, and then to have that message carry through on selective nights from city to city um, it just mattered. You know, I, I I put in my last OTR column that I will defend this tour as a tour that mattered. And BAD was used very specifically and um, and to have it be one of the closing songs in Paris to close out the tour using that same, you know, um, theme. It was very, very moving. Um, so, so that is a definite highlight of 2015. Nice. Yeah, I need to go back and I remember watching the clips as they came out mm-hmm. back when you guys started publishing them from that t- tour opener, but it'd be kind of fun to go back and rewatch them now that the tour is over and we've seen, you know, HBO special, et cetera, versions of the, the show. It's it's even fun to go back and to rewatch opening night and see how different everything sounded and 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 to see how the tour matured over those 76 shows and we have the capability with this particular tour because so many people recorded so much of it to compare night one to night 76 and and there's almost no comparison Mm -hmm. yeah definitely (laughs) okay matt how about you you're up next in our little round table here okay i'll do i'll do another fan related one instead of a band related one um and sherry kind of just touched on this a minute ago but i would say one of the great things about this year was all of the fan activity that surrounded the year and the tour like fans doing the the mixler audio and periscoping and meerkatting some of the shows and um, that which kind of led into Tim starting up uh, the Crystal Ballroom chats on Periscope. And then there were other things going on with we were doing Hangouts and we did a little of uh, the Blab video chats. And so there was I just I love that there was just a lot more um, a lot more face to face, voice to voice, ear to ear kind of thing uh, going on with uh, uh, with fans this year. So I thought that was very cool. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Very cool. OK, Aaron, how about you? Anything else that you've... Yeah, I mean, on a similar theme, I, I think the, the quality of the production of the tour has been phenomenal. Um, I mean, it's, it's... How many shows was it, Sherry? 76, did you say? 76. 76 shows. And, you know, you think about um, going back to 360, I think that was about 110. Okay, spread over a much longer time. But the, the purpose of this tour had a much more meaning. Um, I mean, I went to the opening shows at 360, went to a couple in 2010, did the Glastonbury show, which is one of the final ones. And by the time they got to Glastonbury, it was felt very tired. It felt very almost greatest hits. It felt cabaret in my, in my mind. And certainly this tour has been completely different. This to me was a band I was almost seeing for the first time. This is a band that felt refreshed. This was a band that felt 
really, really in the zone. And I think that's been uh, been the, the biggest compliment the band have been able to provide the fans this year is to remain really focused and and putting out the best shows they can. Yeah, that's a great, great viewpoint on this tour, especially. And, and uh, who knows, anyway, lots of reasons for why maybe it has felt fresher and stuff. And that could be a, that'll be a discussion for our, uh, our draft for tour, YouTube tour draft or something. We'll have <laughs> best tour of all time kind of thing. Um, who are we, where did I go? Uh, no, that's everybody for that round too. We've got one more round in us, I think, at least. Mm. We're good. Okay. Um, let's go with uh, Matt the first this time. Just one, okay. Just, round, just we'll do. Uh, I've got like four things left on my okay. list. We'll do four four <laughs> rounds. So yeah, let's, that's good. Keep we want right, to keep we'll them do, wanting do more. Need, so I was, do we need to do them quickly? How are we on time? Oh, we're okay. We're good. We're okay on time. Yeah. All right. I'll come. Um, do you want me to do a a, a a personal one or a band one? You. It's your choice. I left it open. You. All right. Uh, you. Do. All right. I'll do. I'll do my last personal one, and then I'll then my next rounds will all be band related. You know what? You so know what my last I don't like. Oh. <laughs> Wait, that's ironic that you would do that because my last personal one is the fact that we restarted our podcast after all these years and i have loved doing this and i'm grateful that you chris are on our team because you do a fantastic job and um it's fun to be able to chat with sherry every week and have aaron on and tasula and you know just all the people that we've had on so it's just yeah i just i love this has been a highlight of the year for me that's and awesome. on that, and on that note, we all shed a tear. <laughs> well, I, I'm not. I love you guys. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. oh. <laughs> Forty-eight. <laughs> My wife just faved it. Forty-eight. Sherry's okay. doing a pretty good impression of you. It's almost to the point where I can't tell if I've triggered it or if just it's Sherry showing it <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. Anyways, okay, Sherry. On that note, why don't you go next for round three? Um, this is another band-related one, and it has to do with uh, their performance of the Crystal Ballroom, um, because this was something that I don't believe they were planning on doing uh, for the tour, but enough fans had gotten into their their uh, um, 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 into the band's heads that hey, it would be great if we could hear this, and 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 I certainly was beating that particular drum uh, because. It's just a fun song. So for them to perform it at Boston 3 um, and, and to understand that uh, there, there were limitations with, within the performance, <laughs> uh, that's probably why we didn't see it much after that. But uh, showing up early at the venue to be part of the ride program um, we were we were allowed in while the band was doing sound check. So when we heard them sound checking Crystal Ballroom, and then for them to come out with it that night, it it was just exhilarating to know that we got a B side, we got a special song, we got this, we got that. But just to see how much the band was trying to cater to what their audience wanted to hear um you know so so whether it be with crystal ballroom or with the remembering of of certain lines in with or without you or 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 um or other things crystal ballroom to me represented that uh that symbiotic relationship that the band has with their fans that you guys wanted to hear it we gave it a try hope you enjoyed it um, and, and we were just so appreciative that they actually took the effort and, um, did 
um, did attempt it. Um, Boston wasn't the first time that it was performed, but I think it was the last time. So, um, and I've got the uh, YouTube link in um, in the show notes for you as well, Chris. Yeah, that'll be in the show notes as well, so folks can watch that as well. Um, okay, going to across the pond to Aaron. What's your yeah yeah? Pick? Um, it's it's interesting that uh, Sherry brings it up because I have to say I was so jealous of the songs that were played on the North American tour because I had a feeling, you know, things like Crystal Ballroom and Lucifer Hands were going to be played and eventually they did. And as Sherry explains, the reasons behind them and the symbiotic nature with the fan base is just fantastic. But I knew there was going to be some form of disappointment when they would come to Europe because they wouldn't be quite as dynamic, quite as adventurous with the European audience. So I had a feeling that I would hear not many songs off some's experience. And I had this almost ravaging need to hear Volcano and eventually I think it was London 4 I actually got to hear it this is of course as you're aware one of Matt McGee's most loved songs uh, isn't that correct Matt I believe that's terrible yes that is Volcano's <laughs> terrible Volcano's yeah 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 I mean Volcano's you know I can imagine that I can imagine terrible. the disappointment <laughs> I can imagine the disappointment Matt you had as well you know not hearing Sleep Like a Baby Tonight in the same way that I did uh, another one of your favourites yeah <laughs> that's all I have to say about that <laughs> Volcano but no here, no 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 no. I, Volcano is a magnificent song I was so pleased to, to finally hear it and they didn't do they didn't play it in uh, Dublin they didn't do anything like that but uh, just and also as well just hearing some of the older tracks again like Two Hearts Beat as One Gloria songs like that I hadn't heard since I think probably the late 1980s so that was a real highlight for me to hear those songs again I was giving you so many virtual high fives about <laughs> Gloria I'm like oh Aaron's gonna be so excited so excited I, I was on a roll trying to predict the songs, and one night I think I had about three song choices I wanted to hear, and it, it happened. It was fantastic. Yeah, that was awesome. I remember following along, yeah, on Twitter and stuff, and seeing the, <laughs> seeing or virtually, yeah, like Sherry said, high fiving and, and hearing the glee in your tweets, <laughs> reading the glee in the tweets. I guess uh, my pick for round three is uh, as the token Canadian. I have to say that I was pumped that you two opened their tour in Canada. Um, definitely a just a, even though I didn't get to go get get out it's it's a long distance from where I am in the middle of the prairies anyways but uh in hindsight knowing what I know now obviously I completely would have driven the 25 hours out or whatever whatever I would have done but uh and gotten to see these weirdos peeking in and trying to periscope sound checks and all that kind of stuff at mm. the at the show <laughs> getting in trouble yeah all those weirdos I tell you <laughs> Um, but, uh, I thought I, I had to almost mention it's the Canadian content rules of media that we have to mention Canada if possible in, uh, in anything being produced in Canada. So there we go. You two officers are touring Canada. Uh, how okay. would you, Chris, how would you get from where you are to Vancouver? It would start, you'd have to hitchhike like 50 miles to the road, right? Well, at first you get the dog sleds warmed up and you make sure you got enough meat for the journey. <laughs> and uh, and then once you hit the highway, then you can get on the snowmobile. Anyways, I won't bore you with all the details. You can look it up on Google Maps. Sherry, how about you kick us off with uh, your pick for round four? It it was the secrecy behind everything about U2 IE tour. Um, previous tours, there were a, a lot more, um, or rather, there was a lot more going 
in the months leading up to the tour. We had artwork or we had visuals or, or we had interviews. It seemed like for for this particular tour, they waited until the very last minute to unleash everything almost all at the same time. It was like a flood of interviews all around the 48 hours before the tour opener. And traditionally, we would have had, you know, a month lead time before that. You know, it wasn't until the band's Tonight Show um, performance in uh, early uh, May, rather, that we finally saw the 30-second promo clip of what even, you know, the staging looked like. Here, Here we are trying to figure out, based on what we're seeing on Ticketmaster, and nothing's making sense to us. And and nobody was saying anything. It's as if everybody had to sign a non-disclosure agreement. Um, and then slowly we started hearing little trickles of information coming out. But it really wasn't until um, a week before opening night that they unloaded, you know, what the baby's going to end up looking like. So um, that was unlike anything that that I've experienced in being a U2 fan surrounding a massive U2 tour. Yeah. How does this compare, like with all the access to information and stuff of that this tour had in, in, you know, with Periscope, et cetera, and the, and the band access, like we've talked about and sharing and all that kind of stuff. But as far as preamble or pre-tour stuff, uh, I haven't, like I've paid attention, but I haven't paid as much attention online as I did this time, this tour in years past and running the site, obviously you guys would be well in the know as far as how this all works, but was it truly more sort of mysterious and, and secrecy abounding or, um, and sort of deliberate on deliberation on the band's part to do that, do you think, or, or how did it compare to previous tours? Um, from my perspective, I have to say, I think it's rather remarkable that they did keep it under wraps so well because, I mean, you know, we are in the internet age and, uh, you know, all of the opportunities to try to to get information, it was just so very, very difficult. And I think it was great, though, wasn't it, really, that we didn't know. You know, it's it's a bit like when the album was released. We had no idea what the song titles were going to be. It was just dropped on us. And effectively, the tour, in some respects, felt exactly the same way. We had really no idea. All of our predictions were hopelessly wrong, and that's a good thing. And I think that's great. I hope that continues for the for the next tour, for the next album. That You know, we have that little bit of mystery left over. Yeah, I, think I agree. It, I think it bodes well. I, love, I loved the sense of wonder I remember walking into the first show in Vancouver and you know two hours before the show starts and you're you know the fans are streaming in it and I just love that feeling of wonder and amazement when you first see the 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 room for the first time and what does the stage look like and and all this sort of stuff that that's like I'll never get tired of that and so it's it's good to you know it's it's good that there's things we don't know and and you know I've as much as we were trying to, you know, live stream the rehearsals and stuff, um, you know, I totally respect them keeping as much of that under wraps as they can. And I think, I think with the door, with the tour being indoors, it obviously was a, a lot more easier to achieve the the confidentiality and the secrecy as such because we 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 knew so much about the 360 tour before it happened, you know, in just in terms of the press releases and whatever, and also of course the you know the the stages themselves had quite a lot of. Uh, dress rehearsals to get the set up you know in the various places oh, yeah. uh, we, that they were we doing got, we didn't have that this time around 
No, I mean for 360, we had we had fans sending us in photos, uh, you know, from the 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 farm fields in Belgium where the thing was That's being right. assembled. You know, four months, six months before the tour started, we had an idea what it was going to look yep. like because of these. They had to build it. Out. You know, you can't build that kind of thing inside anywhere. So, yeah, totally yeah. different experience this time. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. Um, round, where are we? Round four. I, th- I think I'll go next just because. Um, and it's kind of a goofy one in a way, but uh, I was looking back through the At You 2 archives of the stuff they've posted, you guys have posted, we've posted over the last year. And uh, one thing that they noted, I noticed was uh, a quote from Edge back in March saying, Songs of Experience, and this is, I'm assuming, you know, something you can take to the bank. Songs of Experience is 18 months away. And so, you know, extrapolating now that it's December. We're uh, just that much closer to the next U2 album, I think. <laughs> um, so that was March? That was March, yeah. So, so he wasn't far off with, he wasn't with what the, everybody's predicting right now. Yeah, all the rumors are September for the album, followed by um, a short North American tour of cities they didn't play this and year. So how about that? Enough, he, he could actually be right. <laughs> but, but take that back to when Song, Songs of Innocence was first dropped and and revisit some of Bono's comments about about when songs of experience will appear which would be if i remember right he said anywhere between 18 and 24 months now now this was in september of 2014 simply because they wanted the technology to be available so that they could present the album in the way that they wanted it presented so i think that that songs of experience was destined to come out End of August, beginning of September of 2016, regardless, going all the way back to mm. interviews from over a year ago. Yeah, I, I totally, I totally concur with you there, uh, Sherry, because you know, lo- logic says that they're, they're not going to have a big gap um, on this tour, and of course, a lot of the songs, in any case, will have been recorded. They won't be recording any particular new songs. A lot of the album sessions that happened in 2012, 2013 in New York, they, they are already there. So th- those songs will just be overdubbed now. And I think Edge in particular will be spending a lot of time post-Christmas in the new year for the, for the first few months just mixing and just re-recording. I'm fairly sure of that. And I'm convinced we will get an announcement of the tour in June or July, and it will be a continuation of the Songs of Innocence tour, but they, they probably will play some more shows in North America, but I think they will look to go down under, finish off in Japan, do some of the Australasia shows, South America. It's bound to happen. And then a stadium tour. Saskatoon. So, yeah, Saskatoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Big We're demand done. there. Big demand. Yeah. <laughs> This will be the tour. They've never played my little province of Saskatchewan. They've never. They always skipped over us. Alberta, Manitoba. Well, it's not. So, is it? Is it on the map? Is it actually on the map? I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's bigger it. than <laughs> the whole country of Ireland. But it, I could be wrong. <laughs> no. We need to start up the Change.org petition now yeah, for that, don't exactly. we? <laughs> Edge, if you're listening, I've got a great basement suite you can stay in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I've lost track now. We're losing, going off the rails here. Aaron, uh, what's uh, do you have? If you, we're coming round to you again. Do you have a pick for round four of uh, a highlight of U 2s 2015? The merchandise, the merchandise. Actually, funny enough, because there was less choice. That was a big highlight for me, um, because I have been inundated with different ideas of what I want to have 
in terms of merchandise. And the merchandise this time around was much more simpler. And my bank manager in particular was very, very pleased that <laughs> I didn't have have to borrow more money. I have to say that that was a that was a big pleasure for me. Seriously, not having to have so much choice and so much different offerings that we've seen in previous tours. So I'm quite because, pleased in a way. Because all the choice is available as a web exclusive on the U2 shop online. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a collector, Aaron? Do you is it sort of like Yes, you, I am. I am. I, I mean I've been I mean I've been a U2 I mean I I, I first saw U2 in 1983 and even since then, I've bought everything on the on the Blimmin' Tour, you know, everything from programs through to scarves, badges, buttons, as you call them. Um, you know, and, the, and the, the opportunity for for, uh, for collecting is just incredible. And I have bought loads of stuff in the past that I can't believe what, when I open. I keep my stuff in the attic, the infamous attic, uh, which is reinforced because of the uh, potential dip into the into the children's bedrooms from the uh, various boxes that are kept in the attic and um th- this is true this is not this is not a lie i've had to reinforce the floor in that's the where attic. the lemon is, is it, actually if you guys didn't hear aaron's it, got it, the lemon well 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 the roof was extended to uh, that could have accommodated one of the claws i think at one point but uh, <laughs> uh all right and, party and, uh, at aaron's house yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh no seriously i'm i, th- I think um just the the one of the highlights for me has to be the the, the 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 smaller availability of choice. I'm going to put that down. Which actually, that reminds you, you said party at Aaron's house, and that triggered something that uh, in follow up to at the very beginning of this episode, I said that we didn't get a at YouTube podcast picture sent in, but actually, Alan Ivory did. Uh, listening on what looks like the train, yeah, the train home from work uh, on his uh, tablet of some sort with a coffee and. Uh, Looking like the happiest man in the world, um, because I th- I'm pretty sure listening to this show improves your quality of life dramatically. So, don't quote me on that, but um, we will uh, we will go with that. So, uh, uh, Matt, I think is your name. <laughs> that is my name. That's your name. Okay. So I'll wrap things up for the roundtable. <laughs> yeah, you can you can have the final final say. Okay. So these are all band related things, and I'll just combine them into one. These these would be my YouTube band related highlights for the year. Um, number one would be what they did in Paris with Eagles of Death Metal, which I just, which we talked about on the last podcast. And I just think it was such a classy move to give the stage over to them at the end of the show and let them have their moment like that. And it was been, it's been cool to see also since then some other you know, musical artists and bands um, you know, being quoted in articles saying, you know, wow, that was, you know, it was a beautiful moment and all that sort of stuff. So I'm glad that others are recognizing it as well. Um, uh, the Dennis Sheehan tributes, especially the ones back in in you know May June when it happened, uh, I think were just beautifully handled. And then Dublin as well at the end of the tour, um, you know he was such a huge part of 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 that organization. So it was I think they just did a, a wonderful job with that. Uh, the Roxy show was a highlight. I remember the the sense that we had all online listening to this show and the crazy set list when they were playing you know the boy tour stuff and just I just. You know, loved being part of that moment uh, with you know the f- online fans and experiencing that. And then last thing, which I, I loved the uh, the little dress up subway performance that they did as part of the Jimmy Fallon Tonight Show in May. I thought that was brilliant, genius, hysterical, fun. And those four things I think were the four main moments when I went on Twitter and tweeted out my famous quote of the year, which was, "I picked the right band." And so those, to me, would be U2's highlights for 2015. 
Nice. Very cool. Yeah. Matt, do you think that, uh, that we will ever see the Roxy performance come out as a fan club exclusive gift? That would be cool, wouldn't it? Yeah, you think I don't like know. just audio format or like would they yeah. do video of it? Or video. I don't care either way. <laughs> yeah. Talking of which, I think that must be coming out soon, must not it? The Christmas, no, not so much the Christmas gift, but the renewal gift. It'll be announced at least, I assume. Well, yeah, the, the renewal um, process, uh, everybody has received a, um, an extension if your subscription yes. um, expired in September through December. So they are it's supposed to be announcing March it. March of next year? Uh, I think it's through Jan- January of 2017. Right. So they will need to make an announcement some point in January, but at least they've extended everybody a little while to um, mm. to allow them time to come up with whatever their plans are. But, you know, thinking about the Roxy, you know it was recorded. So that would be a perfect gift. Except for yeah. Sherry. And I have to Sherry's say. Sherry's wasn't continued. I've just got words. Ah! I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have to say, the gifts in recent years have been absolutely magnificent. I mean, there's been a little bit of time going back, certainly to the duet CD, which were, which wasn't so good. But the, in recent years, the gifts have been very, very good, and uh, certainly much worth, you know, worth quite a lot of value, both in sentiment and and in the quality of the uh, the product given. So, they, well, uh, fair fair play to you two and, uh, I and really the fan club for that. Yeah, I really hope that uh, January 1st we get another Bono A to Z letter. Yes. What a great that, way to kick off 2016 if they would do something like that. Yes, that was quite brilliant. Yeah, I've been just been reading through the YouTube North Side Story book now. I haven't got it later, but... Uh, and it's it's quite incredible, actually, the amount of detail that goes into it. And you know, it's collections of articles and stuff from uh, hot press and stuff. But the extra details you get and, and stories from people, you know, looking back on that time period mm. and stuff in U2's history, it's it's quite neat and and uh, gives you a lot more just sort of I guess color, flavor, personality, whatever to the what you think you know about that time period in U2 and uh, and just kind of actually viewing it through their eyes almost as as they rising up and obviously knowing where they landed or ended up, but at the time not necessarily knowing how it was all going to play out and, and, uh, and just kind of exciting, kind of feels exhilarating. Like I'm, I'm anxious to go get the new, <laughs> the new YouTube single or whatever at the time or whatever, where, wherever I happened to be in the story and, um, and go listen to it. So it's a, it's definitely a fun book to read uh, and, and really well produced too. Like not just a flimsy little <laughs> brochure or something by any means. So very cool. Uh, all right. Well, that brings us to the end of our episode, our 22nd episode of the podcast, uh, our last episode of 2015. And uh, we want to thank everybody who's been listening, who's been rating it in iTunes, leaving a review in iTunes. That's awesome. Sharing it on Twitter, sending in photos, sending in questions that help us have stuff to talk about each episode. Um, and uh, also thanks to all the guests who've come on the show from At You Too and, and various other fans who've come on the show as well. Uh, we hope to have more just <laughs> following YouTube's lead as of sorts and having even more fan interaction, listener interaction on future episodes in the new season of the show. And uh, we will, as we mentioned, we'll be taking a couple week break uh, just here over the holidays and such, and then uh, be back with some new episodes for you in 2016. Um, Matt, any final words from, from you? 
No, I just it's been I'm glad you thank the listeners because that's what I was going to do. It's been uh it's been uh, awesome fun to do these and it's great to have people in the live chat and it's great to have people tweeting us and and commenting and all that and the ask at you two questions. So um yeah, it's it's I love it and it's been a blast and thank you Chris for uh for herding cats every week. <laughs> which is which is basically what the process is of putting this of putting the podcast together. Get it all out the edge. <laughs> right. First, I thought you said herding cats. <laughs> That's what no, I said. No, no, no. Yeah. Herd, H E R D, yeah. <laughs> not hurt. <laughs> no, it's it, it's been awesome. Uh, I've been a part of lots of different podcasts, and this is definitely the one with the most, uh, f- both positive and uh, volume. What's the word I'm looking for? Lots of volume in terms of fan feedback and interaction and stuff, and it just makes it so much fun to do. Folks yeah. who've uh, reached out on Twitter and, and all that kind of stuff is is great fun to be a part of. So, uh, okay. Speaking of Twitter, Sherry, where can folks find you if they want to pick apart your top ten or your top four? I guess lists. <laughs> As always, I'm at at youtube Sherry. And Aaron, how about you? My Twitter handle is at Ivanob, which is I V A N O B E. I have no idea why I picked that, but. <laughs> there was a reason once upon a time. <laughs> fair, fair. I do apologize for that name. <laughs> but I'm stuck apologize. with it now. Yeah, you don't have to apologize for your name. It's it's the name you were given by Twitter. Or you gave Twitter, I guess. Uh, Matt, how about you? Uh, I'm at, at Matt McGee, and I just did a search for Twitter slash Aaron Govern, and that seems to be available. Hint, hint. There you go. Oh, I might, might try it. Okay. All right. So it might not be I have an OB. By the time you hear this, but uh, if so, look up Aaron Govern. And I'm I, Chris, on Twitter. And of course, like we've said before, you can follow the at U2 staff and, and site news on Twitter at U2. And uh, the show itself can be found previous episodes of the show. If you're wanting to listen, you know, maybe go back and listen to re-listen to an old episode, just like you would an old U2 song. I'm sure it holds up just as well. Uh, goodstuff.fm slash ATU2 is where you can find all previous 22 episodes. Links to, of course, iTunes and RSS feeds and stuff there. And uh, on Facebook.com slash ATU2com is where you can find the at U2 crew on Facebook. And keep the questions coming and thoughts and stuff. If you've got comments and you know things that you think we forgot on our list, uh, send them in at, at hashtag AskAtU2 and we'll include them in a sort of review or recap as we look forward to 2016 and the next episode of the podcast. In the meantime, thanks for listening. Have a great day. Bye.